And welcome back to the Abundant Journey Podcast, everybody. I'm your host, Nick James. As always, Nick, another week. My partner here, Nick Offenkamp. How are you, man? I am doing so good. How about you, my friend? I'm doing great. We are enjoying life. We're fast approaching school season, and so there is excitement in the air with the kids. What about for you? Yeah, we're feeling the same thing. We're making some big changes within uh, our own uh, family and doing homeschool for the first time this year. So uh, yeah, can, uh, yeah, yeah. If you got advice or anything for us, uh, or any of our ooh, listeners, they can they'll give you more advice than I will. Absolutely. But I'm super, super excited about our guest today. Nick, uh, you know her better than I do. Do you want to introduce our guest? Yeah, absolutely. So super excited about another interview lined up today. We got Christy Keaton. She is a Texan at heart, uh, raised there, but she is not there currently. I'm not going to steal her thunder. Uh, We've been super excited to have Christy on the podcast. She's a real estate investor. She is, I would even say, a serial networker. She loves building relationships with people, loves adding value to her investors, to the folks that she's in the room with as she continues to build relationships and ultimately looks to serve the, the, um, the clients that she has and the tenants that they have. And so I'm not, again, not going to steal her thunder, but Christy, thanks for jumping on with us today. How are you? Tell us a little bit about where you're at and what you're doing today. Thank you, Nick. And Nick, I appreciate that. Um, It is an honor to be here with you guys today. It really is. Um, I know from um, Nick that um, the conversations that we've had, I know where your heart is and I love it and I love to be on podcasts like this. So thanks so much. Um, Yeah, so uh, currently I am um, in Alabama. I just moved. I bought a little cottage in Alabama. I love the little cottage that I have. A lot of people are like, you can get bigger. I don't want bigger. I like I like the small cottage that I have, right? And it's just enough for my family to come in and love on me and, and me love on them. So um, I don't know That's exactly awesome. where you want me to start um, in my journey, um, but I am, I am an open book. I am transparent. I will awesome. absolutely help anybody that I can possibly help. So where do you want me to start, Nick? Well, that's, that's great. So, uh, you know, we're going to get into your journey on kind of how you landed where you are and, and, and ultimately maybe some of the lessons that you have shared along your journey. Cause you, you've done a lot of business work and then a little spoiler here in 2019, you immersed yourself in real estate investing. So I'm excited to get to that part of the story, but tell us kind of how you landed in Alabama and give us a little bit of your backstory. Okay. So, um, and in the middle of 2019, I was still working in the oil and gas industry and, um, like in April, actually April 1st, it was an April fool's joke, I guess. Um, (laughs) I gave I gave my notice. They gave me a pink slip. It was a mutual agreement with the company that I was working for. I was in the oil and gas industry for over 15 years, and I analyzed deals. Believe it or not, in the oil and gas industry, um, wow. that that right there, um, you know, 
I, I, they found the spot that they wanted, and I did the market research on it, where they wanted to drill a well. I did the market research on it. I did the budget research on it. I did what it would cost to drill the well, what it would cost to operate it, and what it would give us on the other end. So all of that knowledge, I believe, in those 15 years, God was setting me up to just float right over into where I am today because that's what I do today. I find a deal. I, I do the market research. I do the budget. I do the operating. I mean, I, I, and you know, and I know if it's a good deal or not. So 2019, all of that um, came, came about. And I believe that I was supposed to take off a couple of months from whatever it was, uh, just rest, be, be in rest. And so that's what I did for a couple of months. I, I did nothing but rest. But while I, while I was in resting, I kept hearing that people can own apartments. And I was like, hmm, wait a minute. People own apartments? <laughs> I'm like, I can own apartments? Something doesn't, something doesn't sound right here. So I started doing the research, and I went to one of these weekend boot camps that everybody goes to. Um, first, it was a two-hour free, let's talk about it. Then there was a, an, another boot camp that was a three-day boot camp. And I was like, all right, let's go see what this is all about. Yes, I can own apartments. It's like, Wow. Okay, so how do we do this, right? Because I know that I can't, I can't just write a check for it. So that's whenever I started doing research on um, networking. And as you called me a serial networker, <laughs> that's where I started. I started at yep. the local meetup groups. Um, whatever real estate group I could find, whether it be, you know, a lender's real estate group or, or a, even a single family real estate group, whatever real estate group that I could find, I was going to six or seven meetups Every week there, I didn't, wow. I, 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 and some, some of these meetups were an hour and a half drive one way and I didn't care. Wow. I'm, I'm pushing it. I'm like, I want to know how to do this. Well, I found a, a mentoring program and I paid a lot of money for that mentoring program and I put <laughs> it, I basically put it all on credit cards, right? Because that's, that's what you do whenever you don't have cash in the bank to do that. So I stuck all of it on credit cards, and of course, um, you know they have they have great salesmen. So they even sold me things that I've never used for <laughs> five, six, seven thousand dollars. I'm like, okay, so how do I use this? Well, you're just gonna have to figure it out, kind of thing. And I'm like, well, okay, I'm not sure about that, but that's all right. That's all right. I I I worked. I networked. I traveled to try to find more people to network with, and there was, in, at the end of 2019, there was an, it's called Ultimate Partnering, um, Ultimate Partnering Conference. One of the best conferences that I think, uh, networking conferences um, for quality people. Um, you know, you have the people that, and I, and I don't mean any, any shade on anybody, but you have the people that are okay, I, I want to do this, but, and then you have the people that are, I've got the money, I've got the place, I've got the time, let's go, let's go. And the quality people that I'm talking about are ones that are really looking to do something and actually move the ticker instead of just sitting there watching the ticker move, right? So I'm yeah. one of those that will move the ticker. It doesn't matter what the cost is. So, so yeah. that's, one of the, that's one of the conferences that I go to. And that conference... 
I met uh, my current capital partners, um, uh, Kim Winland. She was there, and she said, I don't understand this. I'm a Texas girl, and you're a Texas girl, but we don't know each other. This is not okay. <laughs> and I was like, I agree. So... Um, long story short, we we hooked up and we've been, we've been hooked up ever since. Um, she really pursued the relationship where there was a time that I, I still, I was flipping a house and I still wasn't sure if I was supposed to be there doing things, you know, like that or going to the apartments or whatever. So I was still in limbo, but she kept pushing through and she really maintained the friendship and it's such a great friendship that we have and partnership that we have now. Um, and that, and, and it's been amazing. It's been amazing since then. Um, so do you have any questions so far? <laughs> that's a lot. <laughs> well, that's, I, I, so I just, uh, I love f- from going from the oil and gas industry, uh, a lot of guests that we talk about are real estate investors, but many of them, it's like, 180 degree turn from what they were doing before to then getting into real estate. I love for you how natural that was to take all of the skills and everything that you were doing for 15 years in oil and gas, basically uh, all the market research, underwriting deals, and being able to then apply that on your own. And I'm sure we're going to want to get into what that was like to leave something that was stable and to take on that risk of after being in an industry for 15 yeah. years. Maybe we'll save that question about risk for a little bit later, because I would like to hear more about just kind of your uh, the experiences that you found to be most formative, whether that be in your upbringing or early in your career that kind of started this entrepreneurial fire in you. Because I can tell uh, being a networker, the energy and everything that you have, which is wonderful, it's kind of like, all right, what what makes Christy unique? What was in the waters that you were drinking that set you apart as an entrepreneur? Yeah, that's a great question. I appreciate that because a lot of people don't ask that question. So, um, My mom was always one that was a W-2, right? That's Mm -hmm. what she did. That's what she was good at. She did that. My dad was an entrepreneur. My dad was a carpenter. He was a builder. So that, that was automatic. He got his entrepreneurship from his parents. My grandfather and my grandmother on my dad's side owned the only grocery store in Watsonville, Texas. Now, Watsonville is no longer... There, between it, it was a very small town between Arlington, Texas, and Mansfield, Texas, and Arlington and Mansfield just kind of squished it. So there's no more okay. Watsonville, but there was a Watsonville, Texas. They owned a grocery store there, and then they own, then they opened a snack bar, what they called the Watsonville Snack Bar, but they did burgers and sandwiches and things like that. I grew up in that environment. I grew up knowing that I could one day own this snack bar, right? That's the way I yeah. grew up. So it was always in my mind until they moved away, until things got swallowed up, the, 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 the big industry swallowed them up. It was always in my mind that I would mm. take over the family business at some point. And then, you know, it didn't happen, but I still had that entrepreneurship uh, uh, bug still eating in me right but when you when you have a mindset that i was raised with is you need money to do whatever the thing is um okay so then i have to go to work to get the money to do the thing 
I don't even know what the thing is yet, but I have to get the money to do the thing. So mm-hmm. that's where I started W two jobs, you know, and I ended up uh, another God story. Um, ended up in the oil and gas industry, um, and uh, that's that's a whole other story. <laughs> but I ended up in the oil and gas industry. I know that he set me up there in that industry um, because I started in. I started as an admin at fifteen dollars an hour. And 15 years later, I was upwards of 140, 150. Um, wow. Yeah. So I, I know that I, he set me up there for a purpose and for a reason. Yeah. Yeah. So that's how, that's how we ended up there because the entrepreneurship bug is in my family. I think I'm the only one that caught it. <laughs> but <laughs> it was in the family. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> And that's awesome to hear that childhood, uh, th- those formative years, uh, seeing that your family's done it, having it in your blood, so to speak. And I think that for a lot of people, um, there's just that limiting belief because they don't have anybody in their family or anybody around them that has gone out and started a business. And so it feels like, well, it's going to be impossible for me then. So for you to have uh, family history legacy of entrepreneurs i'm sure that that was just helpful from the very get-go of like hey if if my family members have done it surely i can do it too i am curious about the um starting out at an admin position and then working your way up in the oil and gas industry i mean did you uh, what did uh, college or education look like or how did you end up in that position and um that's that's quite the change to go from 15 dollars an hour to you know a really awesome six-figure salary so what do you think was part of that journey so um most people don't know because I don't tell them. Um, I really, I got a GED. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. so I, I got a GED. So I, my, my backstory as a teenager, I was wild on drugs, alcohol, out there do, doing the thing that I, that most 20 year olds end up doing. I was doing it 13 to 17, right? Mm-hmm. Um, at 17, I ended up pregnant with my, mm-hmm. with my son and, um, Everything basically stopped, right? So I, I had to get a job. There was no, there was no way around it. Um, yeah. So I ended up self-learning, self-taught on Microsoft Office. So yeah. I, I worked and I took certifications and I did, I, I took the classes and got the certifications, did all of the things that I needed to do to try to get an office job, because an office job is the job, right? No longer, you know, flipping burgers, no longer doing whatever the thing is, right? No no longer no longer sweating in a warehouse. If you get an mm-hmm. if you learn these things, you can get an office job and an office job makes, you know, 15 to 20 dollars an hour. So, that's what I did. I learned what I needed to learn in in the Microsoft industry because that's what everybody used and still use. Um, I learned Excel I became very proficient in Excel, a very very proficient in in PowerPoint. And so whenever I got to the interview at the oil company, they literally sat me down with an Excel sheet and PowerPoint <laughs> and wow. said, Okay, this is what you do in Excel, and if you can make this in Excel, which was a pivot table, then 
we'll, we'll, you, you'll advance to the next position. And then the other girl said, okay, if you can make this page in PowerPoint and this PowerPoint look better, then you advance to the next, next step. And I was like, okay, come on, Lord. <laughs> so I was able to do what they asked me to do. They took me to lunch and, you know, I, I'm, I'm pretty, uh, I can be pretty witty at times, and their boss had said something. I just remember, remember, I don't remember the conversation. I just remember the moment that I felt, right, and those the feeling that you feel in certain moments, you remember that moment. So I remember yeah. feeling great because they're like, she's hired. I'm, he made a comment, and I, you know, popped back with a, with a, with a witty comment, and they're like, she's it. She's the one. So that's where I ended up. <laughs> Making fifteen dollars an hour, in the as an admin, and then from there, they saw they, as in my boss, the the executives saw my potential to be greater, and I'm so grateful that they did because they're the ones that sent me to the schools that I needed to go to, to, um, to read maps because they had me in geology as well before they moved me completely into an engineering tech. So they sent me to school to read maps and learn in software. They sent me to school to understand the software for the engineering side. So they're the ones that paid thousands of dollars for me mm. to learn what they wanted me to learn to be able to advance me into the position that I was in. So slowly but surely, um, they moved me up within the company and with that every single time came a very large um increase in pay yeah so there that's were the times, way to do it right there yeah and there were times that i was getting annual bonuses of 40 and fifty thousand. yeah ah that's awesome yeah what i loved it what a rags to riches story, too, in the sense of, uh, you know, I think a lot of folks in your situation, I couldn't imagine being where you were trying to get that first office job. And, you know, one, I hear from you, you had a whatever it takes mentality. Yeah. And I hear that so often from our guests who are entrepreneurs and willing to go get it. One, whatever it takes mentality. Two, I think really you were those events and those decisions put you in a spot where you had to make a choice. And yes. I think a lot of times culture and society today is very focused on, well, this has been done to me and I'm just going to crumple or I'm just going to go hide or yeah. I'm going to look for the easy road. But you were faced with this decision. And I think that entrepreneur bug, that spirit came out and, and ultimately you said, Hey, like I'm going to go get after this no matter what it takes. So I'm kind of curious. I mean, that that's more of like who you are and, and that's more of maybe who you've become. What are some other what are some other things you've had to learn along the journey in terms of and, and maybe just trying I'm trying to think about our listener and, and maybe folks who haven't started their journey or maybe want to take that step. This those events forced you to make that decision right. and forced you to take action. Yeah. What about somebody who isn't taking action yet? What are some things maybe you would say to them to kind of help motivate them to get moving? 
Oh, oh, that's tough. Um, there's a lot of things that I mean, I would love to just sit down with somebody and, you know, and learn who they are a little bit about them and, and, and let them know that they can do it. Right. A lot of people have the mentality of, yes, I want to, but I can't because dot, dot, dot. And I'm here to say that it doesn't matter what your dot, dot, dot is. You can do it if you take that step forward. Because you don't want, number one, you don't want to be the smartest person in the room ever. You don't. Um, if you're the smartest person in the room, you need to find a new room, right? Because you mm. need to be constantly learning, constantly learning, constantly focused and, and moving forward. So I sat for a long time um, and didn't didn't take that step forward. It's not that I didn't want to. It's that I I didn't have the mindset necessarily that I was good enough to do that, or people would actually listen to me. And that that's where a lot of a lot of our mentality um, is right. Is that that it? Who's going to listen to me? Who who's who's really going to you know allow me to help them or allow allow me to do whatever this is? You just have to you you have to fight past that. It's so hard to fight past that. And I mean, even even in things that I'm doing today, I'm having I'm still having to fight that, right? Because you you're raised in a situation that you're worth fifteen dollars an hour. Well, you know what? No, I'm not. I'm worth five hundred dollars an hour, right? And so that's that's a mentality that you have to you really just have to fight through. It's really hard. Um, and if you can find a tribe of people, I don't care if it's a meetup, find a tribe of people that's going to encourage you in what you can do, encourage you in your future, encourage you in, in the thing that you want to do, find people that are already doing that thing and go and meet them, buy them coffee, buy them dinner, like Go find those people because those are the people that are going to encourage you that you can do it and, and you just need to step out and do it, right? And I think that's the best that I've got on that one. <laughs> no, I love that. The, uh, there's a book, um, Ninja Selling by Larry Kendall. Yes, it's, there is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Have you read it? Yes, I did. Yeah. It's, so he's got that category of uh, victims versus players yep. in business. And that's so much of what I hear you saying. It, it would have been easy, uh, I'm sure at many points in your life, but to be able to sit back and play the, mm -hmm. the victim, fall into a victim mentality. Yeah. And that's what so many people do. Whereas Larry Kendall talks about, no, you got to be a player, which is exactly what you're saying, which is you take responsibility for your circumstances. Right. And then you keep, um, well, I like what you said earlier, too, about uh, finding where where the ticker is moving and being part of the community that's that's moving the ticker being yeah. active in yeah. that um and and I, I love that too as far as uh never being the smartest person in the room because uh, it feels good to be the smartest person in the room it feels good to have all the respect of everybody around you and everybody looking to you but you're so right that that's where you get complacent and you plateau and you stop to grow um yeah. and so uh, really, really helpful uh, advice um, in there. Maybe we can take the turn now to that risk question about, okay, you found your, your spot in the oil and gas industry, 15 years there, you're kind of at the top of the game. 
what happens in 2019 or thereabout where you're like, you know, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shift gears and get into to real estate. Talk to us about how you processed through that transition, um, how you felt risk and how you approached risk. Thank you. Yeah, that's that. It was a great journey. That's for sure. Um, so in 2019, so actually, my my thoughts started about a year and a half prior to that, right? Um, I was asked to do some things that I didn't feel comfortable doing on the investment side of, of, of that particular um, uh, project. There was a project that we had been working on for a long time, and and um, basically they're, they're like, well, you can, you, you can make these numbers work. Well, I mean, making numbers work in the, the actual research and all of the, the background behind that, you, I mean, yeah, I can make them work, but I'm not going to do that because that could mean jail time. And I'm not about my, that. My banker's spidey senses are tingling right now. <laughs> I bet they are. The I bet they are. are going off. Right, right. Yeah. And I was like, um, yeah, I'm, I, I can't. I, I'm, just, I, I'm just not going to do that. And so I basically fought that for about a year and a half. And I was like, you know what? I'm so over this. Lord, please. I'm, I'm done. I've got to get out of here. Just help me out. Help me figure a way out. And I didn't want, I really did not want to go back to another company if I didn't have to. I did, I did you know, send my resume a couple of times, had a couple of interviews. Um, but I really didn't want to do that, right? So I was like, okay, you know what? I'm just, so... The president at the time and I had a conversation, and he's like, you know, I just don't, I just don't know that this is working. I was like, yeah, you're right. I, I, I think I'm done too. So it was basically a, okay, shake hands, good luck. Yeah, all right. He's no longer there, by the way. Um, but anyway, uh, that was done. Um, in on April first. <laughs> of 2019, which is great. I love that. I it's love just it. a good yeah. cosmic yes. irony right yes, there. Yes, it yeah. was fantastic. And so, I, like I said, I was like, okay, I'm just going to rest. You know, I have I have a few dollars in the bank. I'm going to rest. I'm going to find out. I'm going to start praying, really seeking, and I'm going to do some things. I'm going to go visit my granddaughter in Arizona for a while. I'm going to, you know, I'm just going to rest and find out. Well, then, believe it or not, there was an ad on Facebook uh, about a mentorship with people owning multifamily. And I was like, hmm, that's amazing. People own multifamily. People own apartments. Like, people like me own apartments. So, I clicked the ad. (laughs) (laughs) And that's where it began, is that clicking of that ad um, for a mentorship program. Um, And Those ads do work. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. And what's funny is that I had not talked about real estate in months prior to that. Like, I had not said anything where the microphone could pick it up. I I hadn't said anything. Look, look, I'm not conspiracy, but I know that they listen because I can say (laughs) knee pain, and tomorrow or this afternoon I'll have a knee pain ad. (laughs) And if I do, I'm going to screenshot it and send it to you, Nick. (laughs) Well, all three of us are going to have it now. (laughs) You're welcome. Yeah, yeah, thank you, Christy. And all of our listeners, too. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, for sure. (laughs) That's awesome. So, anyway, I did click the ad, and and I was like, I don't know where it's going to go, but let's see. Let's see where it goes. So, then they had this two-hour session in this meeting room. I'm like, it's another meetup. Let's go. So I went. Mm. I sat and I listened. 
oh, I don't know about this, right? That's that's literally what's going through my mind because I, I have not changed my mindset at that point. I'm still on the W-2 mindset of I've got to have a job, I've got to have a job, I've got to have a job. And I'm like, I think I can do it, but I, I don't know about it. They offered the three-day boot camp, and I said, all right, it's not going to hurt me, you know, to, to get this boot camp. It's three days. They're going to teach us ins and outs. And if they add value, great. And if they don't, it's all, it's wasted three days. And I go, you know, look for another job. you right. Mm-hmm. And so I sat there and actually I got my son and daughter-in-law involved on that three-day weekend. Um, I brought them in from Arizona mm-hmm. and they sat beside me and we all listened. And my son and I are eyeballing each other like, Okay, we can do this. This sure could we work. Can. We can yeah. do this. Yeah. So when the man that was presenting, he said that they were closing on Friday. Um, one of their largest deals that they've ever done, and that their acquisition fee was a half a million dollars, almost a half a million dollars. I went, what? Nah, I don't believe that. He brought the check. He said they were going to have it, he was going to have it wired, but he would rather have the check in hand to show us it was in hand that he and his partner had just made. It was actually $487,000 on an acquisition fee. And I went, you're kidding me. What? So, yeah. Yeah, when I saw that, I was like, I don't, I don't care if I can do it or not. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do everything I can <laughs> I'm gonna to figure find it that out. check. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I totally. want to check just like that. And yeah. that, that I actually, I think, is what's put a flame. Like, nah, I'm going to say this. That's where, where, that's where the fire came, right? Mm-hmm. Is whenever yeah. I saw that and I said, I know that my purpose is to fund the kingdom of God on this earth Hmm. through whatever financial thing that it is. And I'm looking at this guy with a check for $487,000 in his hand. I'm like, a lot can be done in the kingdom with that. And that's literally, literally where, where it started is right there. I knew, I knew that I could do that. So my son and I were sitting there looking at each other. My daughter-in-law was like, because she's got the mindset of she's got you got to have a job you got to have a job you got to have a job yeah right right and my son and I I had taught him long before because we flipped houses for a little while together so I mm. taught him long before entrepreneurship is the way you being the boss is the way um, the way is not going yes man yes man yes man right it's better for you to have somebody that does the yes man than it is for you to be that person. So mm-hmm. we're looking at each other and we're like, yes, we're going to do this. And so we, we just started and, and that's where we started going to the conferences we needed to go to. I even, I would, we went to the ultimate partnering, the 2019, at the end of 2019, the ultimate partnering is where I flew him in from Arizona. I flew him from Dallas and we stayed, we stayed there. That, that was a costly trip, but I didn't care. We needed it, right? Mm-hmm. We needed to be there. So, yeah, that's, that's kind of where it all started. Um, I was happy to get out of the industry and happy to start the journey. Totally. Oh, I love that. And, and there's two things I, I want to highlight based on what you were just saying. There's been a lot of conversations in our circle of, you know, as we pursue being entrepreneurs, as we pr- 
pursue business ownership, real estate ownership, you know, the question sometimes does come up, oh, you want to be the, the boss. Well, I, you know, I think there's an interesting point to that because yes, the answer is yes, but it's the why. And, it, and yeah. really, it's, it's not to sit and prop our feet up on the desk. It's not to take un, unending vacations because every entrepreneur you ever talk to will say they work, they, most of them should or do work harder than the employees, but it's to be able to provide that value yeah. and with that kingdom mindset. So it's not just money, but it's also, I think, business ownership as well yes. in the way that you're talking. And so I love that pivot moment for you. That was that light bulb moment. And I've shared on our website and with our guests, you know, that concept of, hey, instead of try to chase a big piece of the pie, I don't know who was presenting that day and they were holding up that check, but that was their piece of the pie. Your mind instantly shifted to, I want to make more pies. I can, how, how can yes. I invest in the kingdom? How can I invest in people? How can I help others? And yes. that is such a different mindset in the business world. Mm -hmm. And so I love that about you. And I love that that's where your mind instantly went. And so, you know, growing up with a scarcity mindset, or I yeah. think oftentimes the church, and I'm not trying to rabbit, rabbit trail too no. far, but I think a lot of times in the church, it's easy to have that scarcity mindset yeah. instead of if we got a $500,000 check, how can we use it for the kingdom? How can we use it to help others? Yes, yes, yes. Oh, yes. See, that's my heart, right? It's not it's 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 not just throwing money at a church necessarily, but you know, it's building water wells in India for for villages that don't have clean water. That 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 their their child's going to die because they have diseased water and there's nothing that they can do about it, right? It's mm -hmm. those kind of things. It's it's rescuing kids out of sex trafficking, right? It's those kind Kind of things that ah, oh, and I got chills yeah. talking about it because that's yeah. where my heart yeah. is, right? Um, it's those kind of things that I want to help fund. It's it's not necessarily making a church bigger. It's making it's making the kingdom better, right here on earth. Mm -hmm. um, and that's 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 my heart. And and I'm, I mean I I appreciate y'all allowing me just to be very open about that. Yeah. For sure. And that's one of the things, I mean, just to put a exclamation point on what you and Nick are, are both saying, that's one of the beauties of entrepreneurship is that um, you really do have a unique ability to make a kingdom impact. Like, yes. yes, we need missionaries, we need boots on the ground, but those efforts to build wells, to uh, to rescue kids, pay for legal fees um, yep. out of sex trafficking, to, yes. to be there, I mean, that does require incredible resourcing. And so we need entrepreneurially minded folks like yourself that have a bigger mission than just adding more zeros to your personal bank account, but that want to yeah. see a, a difference made in the world. So I'd yeah. love to circle back and, and talk uh, about some of those things that you're doing and perhaps how some of our, our listeners can get involved. So we'll flag that to come back at sure. the end. But I would like to hear about, um, so you went to the three-day uh, boot camp, um, going to lots and lots of groups, which I, I, meetups, um, going to, you said six to seven a week. So that's amazing. Um, so investing a lot of time building up the network. Talk to us about your first real estate deal and what it was, what it looked like to actually go from, you've got a ton of knowledge that you've been amassing but actually putting it into practice and getting something under contract. 
Yeah, so let me let me tell you where where I was um, real quick. So it, um, the beginning of 2020, I had just finished flipping the house. Pandemic hit, right? And I'm like, um, so I have two grandsons in Georgia, and I'm like, I, I don't want to not be able to see them, so I'm just I'm I'm gonna head that direction. Um, so basically, um, I had. Everything that I had at that moment was in this flip. I was two hundred thousand plus in credit card debt, and almost nothing in the bank. And I headed to Georgia. I had lost everything at that point except for my vehicle because I don't believe in paying payments on a vehicle. I pay cash, so <laughs> I moved to Georgia. And I'm like, okay, now now I need to start networking here somehow. So I start going through um, loopnet.com, and I know everybody's like, that's the most horrible place you can look for a deal. I don't necessarily look for deals there, although if they're pretty janky, I'm, I'm kind of excited about it because that means more, more return. Just saying. Um, <laughs> but, um, uh, I find a deal in College Park, Georgia, and I call the broker, and I said, broker, I'm looking at your College Park deal, but it doesn't necessarily fit um, what we're looking for. What else do you have in your pipeline that you could send me? Literally, that's all I said. He sent me a couple of deals. Uh, one of them, uh, actually both of them were at, one in Atlanta and one in Decatur, Georgia. I was like, okay. So I go and look at the one in Atlanta, and we it's 157 units. We put, it, we put an offer in, and... The way that we, we did our system, I'm hooked up, like I was telling you earlier, though, Kim Winland with Quattro Capital, they're the ones that are my capital partners um, mm. um, on most on all of my current deals. I do other ha, have other capital partners, but they're on my current deals. So they, they met me on the property with the broker, with our property management company that we were going to hire to manage the property. And they liked our process of doing that so well that they really fought for us to get the deal. And so I'm like, all right, we're at the top of the list. Well, then another apartment owner around the corner um, that calls the seller and says, I want your deal. So he ends up going with that, uh, with that, with that buyer. So, um, I don't understand what just happened. The broker says, you know what? I've got another deal. It's off market. Nobody else has seen it yet. I'm just going to hand it to you. You go look at it and let me know. It was 110 units in Decatur, Georgia. Um, and so we went and looked at it. And um, we ended up closing on that deal January 26th of 2021. 110 hmm. units, right? With that... My acquisition fee was $87,500. That's my portion of the acquisition fee, was $87,500. That paid off a lot of the credit card debt, um, but it didn't pay off a whole lot. And at that time, it didn't pay off all of it. It did pay off a lot. It just didn't pay off all of it. At that time, after I had lost everything, uh, I skipped this little portion. I moved into my son's basement. 
apartment. He had a basement apartment. He said, nobody's living in it. Just come and move in, and, and you can just stay here. So it's a basement apartment, really. I mean, it's a nice basement apartment. It's just a basement with hardly any light, yeah. you know? Yeah. And so yeah. so my first deal closed January of 21, 87.5 on that one. Same broker calls me again. He has an 80-unit property in Augusta, Georgia. Um, closed on that one. I'm sorry. No, I'm so sorry. That That's wrong. The 87.5 was on my second deal. I got the, my first deal was 180-ish. Um, okay. Acquisition fee on my first deal. My apologies. Um, let me correct that because I did pay almost all of my credit card debt off at that point. Um, and anybody nice. else that I owed, anybody else that I owed cash to got their money first and then I, and then I paid up my credit and cards. The, yep, yep, yep. Um, and at that point... Um, I had gone, I, I had been doing um, Instacart. Y'all know mm-hmm. what that is, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So from the time that I moved to Georgia until the time that I closed my first deal, I did Instacart. Wow. Did that just feel like the craziest <laughs> juxtaposition of, I mean, you're talking multi-billion dollar deals, like in the rooms, in negotiating these huge things. You're looking at a $180,000 acquisition fee that yeah. if the deal closes is coming your way. Yep. While also, I mean, Instacart's great, groceries. but the money the money can't be awesome, you know? And, and uh, Anyway, it just, no. that's so wild to have a foot in both of those worlds simultaneously. You know, and I felt I tell I talk to I talk to my business coach about it all the time. I felt like I, I, an imposter sitting there because I'm like, mm. I've got to go deliver groceries tomorrow, but I'm sitting here negotiating this deal for nine million dollars. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know. Um, just you feel like that, right? You feel like they're gonna find out who I really am and run, right? Mm. But who I really am was the person sitting in that room, it wasn't the person delivering the groceries. And so I had to separate that in my own mind that you are not the grocery deliverer, you are the real estate investor and the syndicator and the, the, you know, the, the person that can close deals. You are that person. You are not the person that has to deliver groceries so that you can, you know, live. Mm -hmm. So people aren't actually paying all of your bills. (laughs) So, And it's funny how, like, in our minds we do that. I, I, I drove for Uber for a time trying to, to just make ends meet uh, in a season of life where money was really tight for us when we had just had our first uh, kid. And, um, and it was like, it, internally I felt kind of ashamed of, mm-hmm. of that. It felt like it was uh, beneath me um, given uh, my other full-time job at the time. Yeah. But taking a step back or even as I hear you talk about um, working for Instacart while also being in the room negotiating nine million dollar deals it doesn't make me think less of you it makes me think more of you uh, respect you. you even more because you're Thank doing you. you're doing what it takes to make ends meet and it shows your drive and it shows your your hustle and I I hope that's good for our listeners to hear as well because if you're listening to this while you're doing DoorDash or Instacart this should be inspiring to know that, hey, um, I mean, don't don't have a limiting belief that this is all that you're good for. Right. But know that uh, that 
what you're doing right now is part of the journey and part of sustaining you for the bigger things that are to come. So yeah. thank you for sharing yeah. that. I love absolutely, that element. Absolutely. And, and if there is somebody out there doing Instacart, I, I just want to give them a little bit of a better perspective if they're a game player, right? So I, what I did every time I would get in the car, I would say, okay, it's scavenger hunt time. Right? Because you have to literally go and look for the exact product that this person wants. So I put my game hat on and I was like, all right, I'm just going to go play this game and try to make the, I had a set amount of money that I wanted to make the the days that I work Instacart. Let's go see how, how long it takes me to make this money. Right. And so mm. it was just a game for me where, where it ended up a game for me anyway. Um, at first I was ashamed, right? I was like, I cannot believe I went from six figures mm-hmm. to Instacart. What is going on? Lord, where are you? <laughs> you know? Yeah. But yeah, it's just just put your game hat on and, and play the scavenger hunt until until you're That's able good. to do what you need to do. That's a good oh. word. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's that's a good word. And I think you know, in, in hearing you share, I think you're right, and, and maybe Nick already said it, but just, you know, that mindset, I'm this and not this. Well, reality yeah. is, is that you were both, and the answer to who you are and were was somebody who will do what it takes to make it work. And, yeah. you know, we've heard that consistently along your journey. Now, shifting just a little bit, I'm curious, you know, we've talked a lot about the successes, and there's been intentionality along your journey, or maybe there's some... Are there some other things, ways maybe you failed or some things that you lessons learned in some of the mistakes made, maybe more in, in your time in real estate because clearly been successful, built tons of relationships, uh, have a lot of assets under management currently. Yeah. And so I, I love all of that, but you know we're consistently told we learn the lessons in the failures. And so yeah. maybe what are some ways that that's shown itself up and, and what have you learned? Yeah. Yeah, sure. Um, that's a great question because we all, we all have those mistakes that we make and we all, we all end up having to pick ourselves up, um, because in our minds, ugh, I failed, right? Um, mistakes are made. It doesn't mean that you failed. It means that mistakes were made and you can correct them. So the first deal, um, that, that's probably where I, I did make a lot of mistakes, right, on my first deal. And I'm glad that I had the partners at that time that I had because they helped me through those mistakes. So I am one that if I find a deal, um, I like to drive over at dusk, right, just to see Mm -hmm. how things are at dusk because usually it's dusk where everything starts and it usually continues until, you know, midnight, 1, 2 a.m. And so I rode over there at dusk, and I felt comfortable driving through. I didn't feel, you know, like, you know, I, I should be having to protect myself in any way. Um, there are, there were red flags that I can see now that I should have picked up on. Um, but I didn't. I And I should have talked to the management a little bit more. I should have done a little things. We ended up on that particular deal. There were four drug dealers on the property um, we were not aware of. Um, we had a prostitute on the property that we were not aware of. Even though we walked units, it was also during the COVID time, so that so we weren't able to see. 
we the tenants didn't have to let us in, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if if they if they said uh, we have COVID or I'm not comfortable because of COVID, they didn't have to let us in legally at that point. They didn't have to unless you know, well the moratorium was in place, so there's not an eviction in process. But um, so that's fine. There were several that we weren't able to see, which included those few units. Um, that's probably one thing that I would have pushed a little bit more on um, because that would have told us what they were doing inside those apartments and helped uh, and helped us not get into the situation we got into a year and a half later um, with some of the deals. So we had we had a drug dealer that we knew it was. Uh, he was one. Um, we had already gotten rid of one. Um, there were three more on the property, um, and this particular one uh, came in through cash on our manager you're, you're, because we non-renewed him, and he's like, you're taking my money. I'm staying here. We found out that he's one of the biggest ones in that area. That's why he was not going to. We ended up with a burned building, displaced mm-hmm. him and three mm-hmm. families, um, we do know that it was um, a mocked off cocktail. Did I say it right? It I went through the so. window. Well, yeah. yeah, yeah, it went through the window. We do know that that's what started it. Oh. Um, whether it was his hand or not, it doesn't matter. Um, we didn't renew him. The buildings burned. So um, that's one thing that I would have done was probably push a little harder on find, getting into some of these units. Um, the second thing is, is um, uh, final walkthrough. I would have probably asked for financials um, at the last day, and I would have asked for um, a final walkthrough with the owner, possibly, because the final walkthrough that we had on that one, we found homeless people in one of our units um, doing unmentionable things, um, and there were several of them doing the unmentionable things. Um <laughs> It was awful. It was it was bad. It was bad. It was bad. <laughs> Just we'll leave that to the imagination because yeah. it was really bad. Um, yeah. And so those not what you of, want on a final walkthrough, especially no. not any time in life, but especially not as you're about to close on this. Correct. Thing. Correct. And so oh, that yikes. was another red flag. And had we not already had 150 thousand money hard on this deal, we we probably would have walked away at that point because at that point there was there was just too many red flags. Um, mm. We ended up, uh, a lot of our CapEx money ended up in plumbing issues because it was an older property, all of the things, right? Again, yep. my first deal, um, my, my capital partners, their first deal over 100 units. Um, mm-hmm. So it was lessons learned during that process, yeah. um, especially on the financial side of it. Um, because there were there were financials that were not necessarily um, I don't want to say they weren't correct but not updated there we go that that's the word that I'm looking at. they weren't sure. they weren't updated to the last minute and I think that that's something that that I would have done differently um, that mm-hmm. but, I mean we've turned it around we've turned the yeah. deal around <laughs> so pretty much the crime in the area has almost stopped because we've we've corrected it we have turned the units we've turned the tenants um, it's been a rough ride but it's been we're we're well that's got to be a good feeling great knowing for the that, community yeah yeah that you've you've taken a place and you've improved not just the place but the community, community. through your yeah. 
your work there. Yeah. I, I'm curious, with mentioning the, the red flags that are easier to see now in hindsight, do you think that you kind of overlooked those in the moment because with it being your first deal, you were either just ignorant, didn't know what to look for because it's so new, or do you think that there is a degree of just like the excitement and being overly optimistic about the deal caused you to overlook those things? And I'm asking you know, on behalf of our listener that's uh, they're walking into to their first either uh, multifamily or business acquisition, and uh, I know that feeling of excitement that can cause you to kind of turn a blind eye to things that probably should be more concerning. Yeah, so that's that's a really great question because it I think it's a mixture of both, right? I think sure. it was the more of the excitement than the ignorance. <laughs> Got to be honest with you, um, the emotion yeah. of yeah people because I had been told by two different coaches in my mentoring program, you're not going to get a deal for over a hundred units. You're just going to have to give it up. Just get it. Just go find a twenty or thirty or fifty unit deal and stop looking for the hundred units. Well. <laughs> the Christy that I am. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I was going to say. <laughs> bet. Bet. <laughs> You're not going to tell me I can't do something because I'm going to go and show you that yeah, I can do yeah. it. Um, so so with the excitement of the deal and that in the back of my mind, I'm going, told y'all I was going to get 100 <laughs> units the first time around, right? So, so that probably... <laughs> played more into it of I've got to show sure. these people that they're wrong than the ignorant side of it. Um, but the ignorant side of it was there because I just didn't know all of the things that I needed to know yeah. to close that deal. And even my capital partners, um, they're very gracious. They, this was their first huge deal like that. So they didn't know all of the, the, the check marks to check. Now we have several other check marks now that we check but yeah, yeah it's it, and and the other deals that we have done since then have been fantastic we've not been surprised by those kind of things but yeah yeah it's it's probably it's it's probably more the excitement than the ignorance on on that yeah. <laughs> i'm closing that 100 ways, unit deal <laughs> Yeah, oh, yeah. And I, I love that, having that little bit of a, a chip on the shoulder. And that seems mm -hmm. to be a theme across most of the, the, the most successful entrepreneurs that we've interviewed. They, they have a little bit of a like, I'm proving it both to myself and to the world that I'm, right. I'm going to do this. Um, and so I think that's a really cool thing. And maybe it's fortunate that uh, you learned a lot of these things on your first deals, because we've heard the stories where the first deal just goes unbelievably smooth, and then it's the second deal that's the nightmare, yeah. um, because uh, it's so unlike the first one. So it sounds like you were able to, to really learn um, from the mistakes of the first one, put some good systems in place, and be prepared for everything that, that was to come uh, yeah. afterward, yeah. which is awesome. And, so, and, I, and I want to ask a question too, Christy, yeah. in there. You know, I think sometimes it's easy to channel the inner cynic in us. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it for a minute. Was there a moment during all of those lessons, and thanks for being honest about them, sure. was there a moment where you were like, yeah, I've, I've made a mistake. This is not for me. Or because I think somebody on this side of taking a step forward, you know, it's easy to say, lessons are learned in the mistakes but i also think there's some paralyzing fear of people who are like well i could metaphorically blow myself up and ruin my life or my family's life and so was there a moment where 
where you were where you were like, what have I done? What have I gotten myself into? Or did you not have time to do that because you had already signed the dotted line? I mean, walk me through maybe some more of the emotion of that and what you would say to somebody who's who's maybe so fearful that they're just paralyzed to do anything. Yes, um, that that's that's great right there because yes, there were times that I'd go, you know, I. I don't know if I'm supposed to do this. Maybe I need to go back to work. Maybe I need to go back to that W-2 because maybe I'm not I'm not meant for that, meant for this because I should have caught this. I should have done that. I should have done that. I shouldn't have got caught up in the emotion of it. I shouldn't have, you know, I should have listened to dot, 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 whoever it, whoever it was that I should have listened to. I should have, I should have just, I should have just wiped my hands and walked away. I should have. Um, but being the person that I am, I just couldn't do that. I see something that needs to be fixed, and I and I and I ha- especially whenever I'm part of the, part of the 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 problem. I guess you would say because I did because I did get caught up in the emotion, and I didn't really follow through with some of the things that I probably should have followed through with. Um, I I was part of the problem. I saw that and I wanted to fix it at that point. I I'm like, okay, well, all right. So we have this unit that's not nice because all of these homeless people were in it. Now I need to fix it, right? And I and I'm sitting here telling my capital partners because of course it's my first deal. I flipped houses for 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 a while, so I did a lot of the work, right? Um, so I'm telling them, I'll go pull the carpet, I'll go do this, I'll go do that, and they're like, no, that's what we hire people to do. I'm like, but but I mean, I can do it, and we can save money, and you know, I'm telling them all that, and they're like, no, that's not the way we do renovations. That's not the way we do that. We appreciate your offer, but no, we're going to hire somebody to do this. I'm like, yeah, okay, okay, okay. So, I mean, I'm <laughs> sitting there almost white-knuckled thinking that I've made a mistake, right, and and I want to fix it. Um, I'm glad that I had people in my life at that point that said, no, stop it. Mm. You're, you don't mm. need to do that okay so I don't need to do that so what am I supposed to do you're supposed to just help manage the property now so we manage the people that come in to clean up and do the renovations we manage the people you know that are managing the property you don't have to go and paint you don't have to pull the carpet you don't have to do the cleaning it's it's okay sit there and watch what happens so Hmm. That's that's what I did. It was very hard for me to do that because I wanted to fix the problem, right? Mm. Um, because I felt like I was part of that problem. Yeah, it sounds like another mindset shift of um, you're still fixing the problem, but instead of you being the one in the unit hands-on having to learn good management. And yeah. so you're still doing it, but you're doing it through other people right. and, and then trusting that they're going to do it to the standards and everything that Absolutely. you yourself would, would do it to. There is a, yep. a relinquishing of control and degree of trust that it sounds like you just have to have, especially as you're doing deals at a larger scale. Yeah, yeah. And it's difficult, especially whenever you're the one that, ha- that ha- has had control of certain things for a long time, like the renovations, right? So it's very difficult yeah. to let that go. But once you let it go, 
It's just, it's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> Once you yeah. let go that you have to physically do the work, it's fantastic. <laughs> it's a great feeling. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I- I've got one more question before perhaps we transition to that uh, golden nugget round. Um, And mine is really just getting it at your why. You've talked about um, seeing that $500,000 acquisition fee and that being incredibly motivating. And again, removing a a limiting belief where it's like, hey, if if they can do it, why can't I? And then seeing how that, imagining all the ways you could use that money to fund kingdom of God initiatives. Mm-hmm. Um, and you mentioned uh, water wells in India, rescuing kids out of sex trafficking, um, those things being really near and dear yeah. uh, to your heart. But um, just speak to the question of, yeah, what, what is the, the why for you in your career now? Yeah, that's a great question because um, sometimes a why can change over the years, right? Um, mm-hmm. So my why is to fund the kingdom, right? But my most important why for myself on this earth is legacy for my granddaughter, right? Mm-hmm. Um, there, is, there is something about being able to pass down a legacy of entrepreneurship to somebody that may not have that. And to be able to pass that along to her and again, I don't I don't know how y'all feel about it, but I feel like this is this is still a, a man's industry, being real estate, mm-hmm. right? But women are coming up, right? We're yeah. we're we're headed that direction. Um, I want her yeah. to have that um, mm-hmm. that bug in her as well, and I think teaching her. I mean, we just opened a, a business with with. I want to say with her, um, she's three years old, um, uh, (laughs) RV share. Cool. So we bought a little travel trailer and now we're renting that out, you know? Um, so, so it's the little things that I want to teach her. So that's my number one. Why is her funding the kingdom Mm. for, for the pulling kids out of sex trafficking and, 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 of, of course, teaching my granddaughter about those things as well. Pulling kids out of sex trafficking. Um, I, 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 I've been supporting Our Rescue, the ones that did uh, the Sound of Freedom uh, movie. I don't know if y'all have seen it. If you haven't, take tissues. Um, but, yeah, yeah so I, I've, been, I've been supporting them for a long time. Um, I also support um, uh, the water wells in India. Uh, because I've been to India so many times, I've seen um, of wh- what the government has done to to the less fortunate there. If you're less fortunate in India, you're 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 just going to go downhill. There's no there's really nothing else for you. So a lot of children are in orphanages there. Uh, parents will just drop them off at the door and walk away. Um, building water wells there um, helps to bring hope. To that community, that village, mm. and just giving them water is a huge deal. So mm. um, I support the water wells through uh, Wisdom for Asia. Um, his name is uh, Pastor Abraham Thomas. I've been I've been supporting him for a very long time as well. Um, he goes to India. Oh gosh, four, five, six times a year. Um, 
just to build water wells in, in these villages wow. so that these kids will have water. Um, it's it's just awful. I mean, I don't know if y'all know, the open sewage system is still there, right? And so a lot of mm -hmm. times that goes into their water. So, yeah, yeah, that's my why. That's my why. Leave a legacy, help with, with kids that need clean water, and get those kids out of the arms of, of people that they don't need to be in. That's so good. Yeah. yeah That's so that. good. We, uh, we're going to transition to our gold nugget round. And All right. I don't remember this one. So. Well, you, you, you answered the last question with your why. So oh. I love that. I mean, that, that's, that's incredible. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. All right. You're already succeeding and we yeah, haven't even are. started yeah. yet. Hey, no, that's, I mean, that's, hey, that's the mindset. That's the mindset. That's right. That's exactly. Right. Already well, crushing it. Well, let's, uh, all right, let's jump into the first one. So we've talked a ton about most of these, but what we ask our guests is to, to pick one of these areas in life that you're working this year to improve yourself and how. And so we call it the five F's of abundant journey. So it's family, finance, faith, fitness, and future. So pick one. Tell us how you're working on getting better in that area. Okay. I, I'm going to go with finance because this is a great time. Um, so I'm going with, uh, I mean, I guess it's kind of finance slash future. Um, so I have been asked several times from different people if I would um, teach them how to underwrite deals. So, I uh, I have put a course together. I have got an underwriting template, and I am, um, yeah, I am starting that. I'm I'm launching that um, within the next thirty to sixty days, depending on one portion of it getting complete. Um, but that would be my finance and future. I'm going to coach people on underwriting. Yeah, because That's a lot of awesome. people, you know, a lot of people go through these mentoring programs, spend thousands of dollars to go through, but they don't really understand how to underwrite because they don't really give them that. And that's really what you need to, to know. You can go shake hands yeah. with brokers and get a deal under contract, but how are you going to underwrite it? You know, you need to underwrite mm -hmm. it. You need to learn how to underwrite it. So that's, that's what I'm doing. I'm going to start coaching people on how to underwrite deals. Yeah, no, I That's love that, exciting. and I, um, of course, the banker in me loves that. But in addition to that, I, I Nick and I have been looking at a deal ourselves, and I, Nick, haven't I said to you, the only thing that matters is the numbers. But it's <laughs> at the end of the day, like, yeah, you don't yeah. know if you've got a deal or not if you don't understand the numbers. So I love that that that's one something you're passionate about. Two, yes. you have years and years of experience in and then of course three you want to share it with others so that's yeah that's adding great. value because there's a real yeah. hole in the uh 100%. in this space there so that's awesome yeah. um we'll make sure that we get uh details from you about where people can find that course in coaching um so that yeah. we can link to it okay 100%. thank you next, next question what's a quote from a book or mentor that stuck with you on your journey Okay, so I am really stuck on Mr. Myron Golden right now. I don't know if y'all have listened to him. I don't know if y'all have followed him, but I'm taking his next challenge in September, and I'm, I'm just blown away at this man, period. Um, and the most recent quote that I've heard, because I have procrastinated on a few things recently, and it's not good, he says, stop spending your life getting getting ready to get ready and preparing to prepare, right? Mm -hmm. I'm like, ooh, stop spending your life 
getting ready to get ready and preparing to prepare. Whoa. Okay. And then there's another quote by Miss Joyce Meyer that um, she says, do it afraid. Mm-hmm. So those two quotes right there, back to back for me. Stop spending your life getting yeah. ready to get ready and preparing to prepare. Just do it afraid. Yeah. Everybody has a fear of stepping out. Some people have some people have a fear of failure. Some people have a fear of too much success. Some people have a fear of of, of imposter syndrome, which I, I have I seriously deal with on a on a on a regular basis. But my business partner or my, my business coach asked me, he said, Are you lying to people? I said, Well, no. He said, That would make you an imposter. If you're not lying to people, you're not you're 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 not an imposter. Oh. So do it afraid. Whatever the go. fear is, do it afraid. Once you get past that, once you step out and get past that, you're good. Those are those are both incredible quotes. I had a, a real estate guy years ago tell me everything you want is on the other side of fear. And yes. similar concept of just you gotta move forward in spite of being afraid. Everybody experiences that. I love it. Yes. Well, next one here, what's a dream or goal you have? that you've not been able to make happen yet? Huh, okay. I want to be a global citizen. <laughs> cool. I mean, I just have not yeah. been able to make that happen yet. I want to travel the world and be a global citizen. My my partner, Maurice Philogene, he is a global citizen. I love that man. But you never know what part of the world he's in. Is he in Cyprus? Is he in Mexico? Is he in the U.S.? Is he, you know, you never know where he's at. And so I've kind of got like this little jealous bone in me, this little jealous nerve that every time I hear that he's somewhere else, I'm like, oh, I want to do that. So that's what I haven't made happen yet is being a global citizen. I love it. No, I that's- think that's real, real quick. I mean, I think that's really valuable. Um, even with just tying back to what you were saying about the, um, uh, water wells in India mm-hmm. and your experience of having gone over there and mm-hmm. and seen. I mean, of course, as being a global citizen, I'm sure you want to see some of the most beautiful places in the world. But I imagine in that experience, you're also exposed to a lot of the ugly in the world. Yeah. And you can't have causes to, to break your heart if you're not seeing uh, what correct. those are. So yeah. I just commend you for, uh, for you know, actually getting over there and, and seeing what's going on in, in the world outside of the USA. Yes. Um, so that's... That's Thank cool you. to hear that. I've, I've been over there several times. I have um, two kiddos, actually, that I have sponsored since they were little. Um, they're now both in Bible college, so I'm very proud. Oh, sweet. Yeah, so yes. I was able to go over and visit them six or seven years in a row until COVID. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That's oh, amazing, though. Yeah. I love that. Well, last one here before we wrap up. And again, you you mostly answered with answering your why, but maybe put a bow on it, I guess. At yeah. the end of your life, what do you hope you'll be remembered for? Um, I, I want to be remembered for helping furthering the kingdom and helping people, right? I mm-hmm. I know where I came from. I know where I came from, and if I can get one or two people in my lifetime to come out of where, out of the muck and the mire, 
then then that right there and and and, and I don't necessarily have to be remembered you know nationwide or, or worldwide if those two people remember my name and remember that I helped them I'm I'm good I'm good. Y'all are going to make me emotional right here at the end. Stop uh, it. <laughs> <laughs> Nick James, that's his specialty, I tell you what. But that's a beautiful a beautiful answer, and I think you're well on your way uh, to that. And I, it's amazing to think of the ways that you've advanced your own family's entrepreneurial legacy, and you've elevated it. And you've got that vision now um, for your granddaughter, and I think for many more than you can probably even imagine and so um, I'm grateful for everything that you're uh, you've shared here and uh, there's a whole bunch of really valuable takeaways for our listeners so thank you for for your time I um, because there has been so much value if our listeners want to connect with you or follow along with all the things that you're doing what's the best way for them to to stay up to date on everything happening in your world yeah, so if they want to actually see where I am today as far as what I own, all of those things, Keaton, K-E-E-T-O-N, realtyinvestments.com, keatonrealtyinvestments.com, and then my email is Christy, C-H-R-I-S-T-Y, at keatonrealtyinvestments.com, and they're welcome to email me with any questions or comments. Cool. That would be great. That's awesome. And then, yeah, once you've got your uh, your course coaching for the underwriting um, live, yes. let us know because we'll get that uh, posted on our, our site as well because that sounds like a really valuable thing that you're I appreciate creating that. there. Yes, yeah, thank well, you. I appreciate that. Absolutely. Well, listeners, uh, thank you all so much for uh, engaging with us here. Uh, Do please leave us a review. If you haven't already, make sure that you subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss out on new episodes. And then check out AbundantJourney.net. We finally, we've been talking about this newsletter for a couple of months now. We finally got the first one out, and uh, the goal is to make that a weekly thing. We've gotten some good feedback on it already. So if you missed out on uh, edition number one of the newsletter, don't miss out on edition number two. Get onto the website, sign up at the uh, little place where you can leave your, your email address for us. But again, Christy, can't thank you enough. This has been an amazing conversation, and uh, I think that's, that's the podcast. <laughs>